You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. Soul Searching is a journey where I engage with an array of thinkers, from faith leaders to academics to artists, to explore deep questions of meaning, questions that all of us ask at some point in our lives, such as why are we here? What is right and wrong? Is there good and evil? Is truth relative or absolute? Is there life after death? And to help us in our journey this evening, we're very honoured to welcome David Berkeley, the Santa Fe-based songwriter and author. David, welcome. Thanks, Rabbi Neil. So you've opened and toured with some globally renowned singers such as Dido and Don McLean and Ben Folds and others. Your music's been sampled by DJs around the world. So let's start with what made music your path? Why music? Um, I always was singing uh, from a really young age. My mom was a writer and I went to a um, very creative nursery school that encouraged song and theater. And uh, I think, you know, the, the sort of ego answer is that I got a lot of positive feedback very quickly for my voice. Um, the more interesting answer, I suppose, is that, um, you know, as, as I got older and I tried to figure out what I was meant to do here, um, I kind of gravitated toward things that were difficult, uh, not the things that maybe came as easy. And for me, music has always been this this bizarre mix of, on the one hand, singing does come very naturally to me, but the the pursuit of song and the and the discovery of melody and the inquiry into lyrics has been just sort of an endless quest that I can't quite master, and therefore I'm always going to try and continue to work at it. What does that mean, the discovery of melody and the inquiry of, of lyrics? What, what does that mean for you? That sounds like an almost spiritual search. <laughs> I mean, I think it is. You know, I think that... Um, that I, I don't. A lot of musicians will tell you they don't really understand where melody comes from. Um, and for me, there is this moment where occasionally a melody will sort of just drop into my mind. More often than not, I'm sitting with, with an instrument, instrument with my guitar and, and I kind of am, am taking a, a plunge into an unknown um, and being brave enough to sort of explore, uh, and it actually often is singing, um, melodies that are, aren't, don't exist yet. And where can I go from this note to that? Um, and I'm not thinking about it in a conscious way, but somehow I'm being led or I'm, I'm, I'm allowing my uh, some kind of inner uh, voice to, to carry me. Um, and lyrically, I, I do think it's a spiritual quest for me. It's, it's, um, it's an investigation into, into what I think and believe and often also in a way that's um, not very literal. So um, I may not be aware of those beliefs until it comes out in a form um, yeah. So talking of those things that you think and believe, your most recent music seems to focus on looking towards the light while expressing the darkness. Why is that? I mean, I actually think my whole catalog has been wrestling with that. <laughs> um, and, and I suppose that's what my life has been as well. Um, you know, I, I'm not uh, a naive pop writer who can just think or write a sort of saccharine two and a half minute song. I just don't see the world that way. And I think it's irresponsible, although fun, but irresponsible <laughs> to try to message that. Um, rather, I think life is hard and there's uh, a lot of beauty and a lot of pain in our day to day. Um, and so for me, music has always been about trying to access what I felt was most true 
again, often at a subconscious level. But, um, but for me, it's always been, okay, we have this pain and we have these struggles, and yet still we find beauty in the world. And so what do we do then? And for me, it's, it's writing songs that try to show that. So w- the saccharine tune that you talk about, the, the irresponsible but fun, <laughs> but for some people that music is an escape. Very much. Yours is not an escape, is it? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. You definitely need to listen to pop music after you listen to my music. It's okay. the shower in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, it's not, but it's not negative like that. It's not, it's not something depressing, is it? No, and, and I run into that a lot because people sometimes will say, I wish your music wasn't so melancholy or why is it so sad? I, I don't actually think my music is sad. I hope it's uplifting. I just hope it's also honest. Um, and I, I, I think that's a very important difference. I don't find it melancholy or, or depressing. It's much more, uh, as you say, it's, it's a realistic assessment of life and saying we can explore that. The fact that you hold beauty and pain together, I think, are, are very important things. You, you used the phrase before about what's most true. And what's most true in our lives, um, and, and uh, from the perspective of a rabbi, is is holding the the positives and the negatives, the the wonderful things, the blessings in life that we can that that we can be extremely thankful for, and at the same time say, and yet there is so much pain, and and holding the two together. Yeah, and I think you know from a scripture standpoint, that's always the challenge. I would imagine people come to you with is is how can a God allow this to happen? How and even in the Bible, how, you know, the Torah, how can this have happened? And still, we think that God is good. Um, and and you know that those are the questions I wrestle with too. Right. <laughs> so when you're when you're looking towards the light of the the light of the future, is that actually a reality that you think um, is coming? Uh, do you think uh, the other way that, that human beings just need to cling on to something, even if it's false hope, even in a situation, especially in a situation where life can seem really hopeless? Is the, the light that you're looking forward to, is it real or is it just um, something that we need to to embrace just to keep going and get out of bed in the morning? I mean, I I think my answer is yes. (laughs) I think that um, we certainly need the latter. We certainly need to to believe in hope um, in the same way we need to believe in free will, because otherwise, what are we doing and how can we act? Um, But I suppose if pushed, I also do, I am optimistic. And, you know, I think uh, that every generation probably feels that they're at the worst moment in history. <laughs> and, you know, I, at least I want to believe that. I want to believe we aren't at the worst moment in history. I want to believe we always are struggling with those questions. And I do believe in the innate goodness of, of humans. Um, I believe that we have the potential for terrible evil too. But I do believe that at some level we have the potential for great good, and therefore it is possible that we would reach a time where there would be light. Before we listen to one of your songs, where does that optimism come from? Is it based in anything that you've been taught or seen, or is it just a is it a life choice? I, I don't know. I mean, I suppose maybe it comes down to being uh, loved, if not overly loved, by my parents. <laughs> you know, I don't know, um, and maybe it's that to f- sort of for me to function, I have to have that optimism because otherwise, you know, um, what I don't know how how to function. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough question. I don't know where it comes from. Or maybe it's true. Right, right. There, uh, maybe, that's be. the good answer. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the songs which you wrote, which I utterly adore, and I often find myself singing by myself, not in any way as good as you can sing it, um, is, uh, is your song, This Be Dear to Me. 
Um, and I'm wondering, before we discuss it, I think it would just be wonderful if you could play it so we could really experience it and listen to the words and the melody and, and have it wash over us. So um, this is This Be Dear To Me by David Berkeley. Oh, the water in the stream Flowing through the centuries Through the canyons, through the trees This be dear to me And the breezes as they blow From across the seas Through your window Where they come from Where they go This be dear to me Oh this be dear to me Oh I believe this is what's worth fighting for Oh, help us see that there is so much more Adonai And the desert vast and wide Silent under and the skies Then you put your hand in mine This be dear to me When you wake still warm from sleep Half a dream your soft lips speak Safe and near me you I'll keep This be dear to me Oh this be dear to me Oh, I believe this is what's worth fighting for. Oh, help us see that there is so much more. I don't know. Adonai Oh, the autumn rust and gold Winter mornings crisp and cold Then in spring the world unfolds This be dear to me Oh, this be dear to me Oh, the whole world's whispering The morning rains prayer bells ring, the eagle cries, the great whales sing, this be dear to me, oh this be dear to me, and oh I believe this is what's worth fighting for, So much more Adonai Adonai And if I leave this world too soon Far beyond the silver moon Live your life with love 
and truth this be dear to me look there's love in all that's true this be dear to me feel the love surrounding you this be dear to me oh this be dear to me yes you are dear to me Thank you so much. We're going to reflect on that song and take a pause, and then we're going to come back and discuss it. You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich and my guest this evening, Santa Fe-based songwriter and author David Berkeley. You're back listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. Uh, very honored to have David Berkeley, Santa Fe-based songwriter and author. And David's just shared, um, just a, it's such an extraordinary song, This Be Dear to Me. Uh, it's, for me, as a rabbi, it carries a, a very deeply religious message, particularly because it uses the word Adonai, one of the Hebrew names for God. So I guess the first question is, is um, how does spirituality feature in your writing process? Um, because you described before about being led. Where, where's this? It sounds like a spiritual endeavor. Yeah, I mean, I think all my music uh, is to a certain extent, but this song particularly felt like a, a prayer, um, like trying to pray while writing it um, and praying while singing it. Um, uh, but I think more generally, um, I... I think that for me, songwriting and singing is kind of a holy experience and act. And when I'm writing, I am basically trying to go to the deepest and, and highest place I can go to. And I often try to reserve that to the end of the song so that there's a trajectory. But when I, uh, when I go there, it's to that place of spirituality. It's to a, a place that transcends this world. Um, you know, even in even in a simpler love song, I think that the the call is to a higher kind of love. And uh, in this song specifically, I um, I felt like it was time to make that call more direct. And so um, the fact that you describe it as a prayer, I, I think, is is very profound because a prayer is a, a conversation with God or an appeal to God, however we understand prayer. What does it mean to you to say this song is a prayer? Because obviously in, in my, um, my, my, on Shabbat and on festivals in, in my work life, you know, prayer is what's in the prayer book and also that which pours out from the heart um, to answer a specific need. For you, what what is prayer? How is that expressed through songs like this? Yeah, I mean, I think that praying for me uh, sometimes has a more secular meaning, and but not always. And and when I would define it more secularly, I suppose I think that it's a way of crystallizing our our hopes and wishes and what we actually value and care about. And in a very humanistic way of looking at God, that's the purpose of prayer is, is actually so that we can focus on what we really believe in and care about. Um, and then if you think that we have sort of the power of sort of collective soul, uh, then that actually is the way it comes true is us realizing that actively. And sometimes that's where it stops for me. Um, and other times I think that I do have a, a much more traditional sense of, of a God than I maybe want to admit. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I don't know what to do with that part. <laughs> so we had a, a guest a number of weeks ago, Rabbi Jack Schlachter, um, who mentioned that uh, the Hebrew for prayer, lehit palel, is reflexive. It means to judge oneself. And, and that seems mm. to really be coming out in, in what you're saying about assessing our, our hopes and dreams. In this song, you mention a number of times, this is what's worth fighting for. Why do we need to fight for the things that, that you're describing? You know, I, I think that one of the things we're learning in this present day is that uh, we can't take as much for granted as we have in the past. And, um, and so we need to be uh, willing to first recognize what we care about and then be willing to do something actively to help preserve it um, we can't just rely on prayer. And so I didn't want this to be a passive song in a sense. I don't mean fighting in a, necessarily in a violent way, mm-hmm. um, but I mean being willing to uh, recognize that it's what is important and therefore what you're willing to stand up for. Um, so it's yeah. both, I guess. And there's a, there's a very interesting shift fr- in, in the v- very beginning of the song, which uses very strong nature imagery to a, a second section which uses the language of interpersonal relationships, such as when you put your hand in mine. Are you trying to convey something specific in that shift from the nature imagery to the, to the more human interpersonal imagery? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that one of the things that I've come to believe as a songwriter is that the powerful songs, uh, powerful lyrics uh, work on many levels and, um, and can either literally or just metaphorically bring you very far out and then very close in. And um, so there is an overall trajectory, I think, to the song, but there's also many trajectories within each verse where we go very wide and then we come as, as tender and intimate as possible. I, don't, I didn't want this song because it's so personal to me. I didn't want it to feel removed from the listener either. Um, and you know, I, I don't. You know, so I use the the second person, the your hand, which mm. I, I'm referring to someone specifically. But I wanted I wanted the listener either to both feel it was their hand or that they could refer it to whoever they wanted to. Um, but I, I think that the the combining of, of vast and then small is uh, is something that I, I try to do a lot. And um, sometimes it happens that you know you. You know, I, I think that the the trick with songwriting, one of the tricks, is not to sound like you're, um, you know, just sort of unloading your own baggage onto someone else. Right. And I never want to do that. And so, um, to just kind of focus on a, on very small and personal details doesn't make sense. Uh, what I really want to do is is demonstrate that whatever. Uh, intimate things we feel as humans uh, are shared and that they often are reflected in the natural world in some way. And yeah. See, it, it's interesting for me when you talk about the natural world as being the, the wider, the more expansive, because it, in another section of the song, you talk about the whole world is whispering. And so that seems to be the vast, but whispering, I mean, it could have been anything. It could have been like the, the thunder of a, a waterfall or lightning or What's that, what's that whispering of the vastness of nature to you? Yeah, I mean, I think I wanted to convey a sense that uh, both that there is, a, uh, there is a communication happening and that we're part of that, but also that it's not a roar. It's actually a whisper. So we need to listen to hear it. Um, and, you know, what I want and, you know, a lot of, a lot of my song we haven't talked about. My, I have two children and a lot of my songwriting post children has been what do I want to tell them? Who do I want them to be? Um, you know, and I suppose 
at large, you as a rabbi probably think about that as congregants. You know, what, what, what kind of people do you want people to be that are in your presence? Um, I want my children to be observant. I want them to, in, in this part of this conversation. I mean, sure. later in the song, I give them a higher charge. Right, but, right, right. But we'll in, this, that, in, this, in this part, I want them to be listening to the world. I want them to care about the world. I want them to hear what it has to say. I want it to bring comfort. And I want them to be stewards, um, you know. And I, want, I still want that for me, too. See, I, I hadn't realized that it's only just as you're talking now that it reminds me, I'm going to get very biblical, um, of the prophet Elijah, who um, who is experiencing God's presence and God is not in the whirlwind, God is not in the thunder, God is not in the splitting of the mountains, but God is in the still small voice, the quiet murmuring that sometimes it's, it's that intimate, um, unique, almost soft, gentle message that that actually pierces the heart much more than, than grand shows and miracles and splitting of seas or anything like that. Yeah, I love that because it, it implies a partnership in, in it. You know, it's not, you know, it, you have to be you have to be willing to, to look and listen. Uh, I have another song that's not on this new record that says that, uh, the, the lyric is that I have I have tried to look for God in the cracks before the sky. Ah. Um, and, you know, and, and I think that that sort of speaks to a similar thing, that maybe we, maybe we miss some of it because we're only looking in the obvious places. And, and whispering, I guess, is something... When we talk to each other, we have a, quite a distance. But mm. when we whisper, we, there has to be a trust of being very close to each other. We have to be honest enough to, and, and, and vulnerable enough to be able to say, look, you can, you can come close and whisper in my ear. Yeah, and, and I think that for, for poetry, you know, not to reveal too much of the craft, but I think you have <laughs> to be very uh, aware of the power and multiple meanings of every little nuanced word. So, you know, because you have to be so econ- economical that, yeah, if, if whispering can conjure up all of these things uh, as opposed to saying or telling or speaking, you know, then you use that. <laughs> Is that... The, the fact that the – see, you were talking about your children and, and hoping that people would – that they would be observant of the world around us. But when you say the world – the whole world is whispering, that implies a, a dialogue, a conversation. What is it that the natural world is saying to us? Or what do you want them and others, everyone listening to your song, what do you want us to hear? And let me add a second question, a second part to that. Which is we naturally, especially because you use nature imagery, say the whole world is whispering, but but humanity is also included in the whole world. And and I guess I've already divided us off. Um, so what is the message of the world, of, of the whole world? What yeah. do you want us to hear? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good question. And the second part is is actually a harder one in some ways, because I'm I'm aware of that. And that's part of what I want the whispering to be saying. And yet I'm denying, I'm not (laughs) counting the humanity whisper or more of a yell. Um, I I suppose, you know, that message is what the whole song, well, part of the whole song is trying to say, which is that there is a deeper, more important calling and that we are so often, and I'm definitely guilty of this as well, so often caught up in things that are far more petty and shallow uh, and mean sometimes, you know, often in, in humanity at large, and that there is a, a, a message of, of love and kindness that is there. Um, 
Now, obviously, there's cruelty in the world as well, uh, you know, right. um, and in the natural world, too. Um, but I think the prevailing narrative, <laughs> if there is one, is one of, of returning of spring. And, and that is a message of love and forgiveness and healing. Um, and that's, I suppose, what the whisper is. And, and certainly to, to focus on that, um, on that aspect of love in the song, the final, the very final conclusion of the song, that seemingly the trajectory of the song, when you mention love three times, you say, live your life with love and truth. Look, there's love in all that's true and feel the love surrounding you. Can you tell, can you tell us about that love? What, what does that mean for you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, it's um, because it's, it's an abstract thing. Um, and I, had, I struggled with writing those three lines um, because I felt like it was a little clunky, actually, to sort of repeat things in that way. Uh, I don't normally do that. Many songwriters do, and, so, and they do it beautifully. But I, I often would try to sort of mix it up even more, maybe only say love in the third one, you know, for example. But, uh, but I felt like there, was, there were multiple things going on maybe the love is the same and i suppose the the love is is a kind of empathy is a kind of sympathy is a kind of feeling of connection is a is a kind of um you know generosity of spirit is a is a kind of uh lack of selfishness is a is um you know it's a kind of of um yeah of recognizing the humanity in yourself and in the other uh it's a it's a kind of respect um for for the world and for the uh, temporality of things and for the fragility of it all, I mean, you know, it's, it's right. Um, but I, I wanted, you know, again, this is more spoken directly to my children. So I, I wanted them to feel that spirit in the world. I wanted them to embody that spirit, and I wanted to re- them to be able to know where to look for that. And for me, uh, you know, and I get this a lot from from my wife Sarah, but but there's a kind of a quality of truth and love and that things that are real and true have that sort of love and vice versa. Um, and so it's sort of three different things. I, d- I don't think it's clunky. I actually, <laughs> it, it's a well-written sermon, <laughs> if you. nothing else, because, because it's great to be able to say, look at the world and hear everything that's coming back from the world and, and, and remember the tender moments. But, but what is that about? Uh, at the end of the day, mm. I can be an observer, right. but but then you're to me the way I hear this song, you're you're drawing a conclusion that says this is based in love, and there are a lot of people of faith who see creation as an act of love, um, and who see uh, every blade of grass as an act of love, um, an expression even of of godliness uh, and so on. Now, that may not be necessarily where you're going with it, but there's a very particular focus on here's a conclusion to draw. This isn't just it's a nice, pretty, wonderful world, but it's held together with something even stronger, I think. Yeah. And and in some ways, it's also a call like the fighting for part. It's a call to action. But the action is is of of the kindest sort. Um, You know, I, I, I think that I because I sing these songs all over and to many different audiences, uh, not only at the temple, um, you know, I, I, I really do believe in a sort of non-denominational love as well. Mm, and and mm. I, I really want to be able to, or, or, or maybe extra, I don't know, non-denominational isn't exactly the word. I'm not, I'm not anti-denomination. No, but sure. I, I want to sort of 
show that there's an umbrella that goes even above all that, right. that doesn't have any of the separation. And that, and that actually, you know, in writing this song, I was trying to write a song that no one could disagree with. <laughs> and that of people of all faiths and anyone who sort of had some flicker of their humanity still alive would, would be able to relate to and recognize that, hey, we actually do agree on what love is. Well, I, frankly, I think the song is a gift. I, I think it's a, a beautiful song, and I really appreciate you not just coming in and playing it, but but sharing what it means to you. Uh, obviously, it means a lot of different things to everyone listening, but it's it's very powerful to hear you're exploring one of life's questions in a very different way. And, and so I really want to thank you for coming in this evening. Well, thank you, Rabbi Neil. It's been a pleasure to be here. So my guest this evening has been David Berkeley, a Santa Fe-based songwriter and author. I do hope you come back again and, and share more wonderful things. Anytime. You've been listening to Soul Searching with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom and from the Interfaith Leadership Alliance of Santa Fe. Until we return again in two weeks' time, keep searching.